0: level. I mic because I like to take you to another level. power frequency radio. And good afternoon. This is a public affair, WORT's community conversation with you calling in with your questions at 608-256-2001. I'm Bert Zipper, your substitute host for Ellen Ruff who's unable to be here today. And today's guest is John Nichols. John, it is a pleasure to have you. Thanks for it's being easy. here.
1: It's an honor to be with you, Bert, my friend and comrade, and I am delighted to be with you, although we will talk about a lot of good issues and stuff today. I'm delighted to be, be with you on a day when people can actually show their support for WORT.
0: Yes, and you can call 608-256-2001, extension 1. We're looking for at least 12 donors. we could we settle for 100. Um, yeah. Yeah call early call often as they say so john
1: David, yeah just want before we get into the yes. conversation i want to really emphasize i promise you we're going to talk about a lot of substantive stuff but really beg people to call call up front you know get those calls in uh because otherwise you get into that sort of desperation of the later part of the hour you know and uh so if, if you're if you're near a phone give a call and uh pledge what you can there's no there's no great you know pressure here to to give the huge amount of money if you got two hundred fifty thousand you want to ship it in that's great uh, but uh, if it's a dollar if it's ten dollars whatever uh, the key is to show that community support and so before we start talking give, give that number one more time
0: 608-256-2001 extension one excellent excellent so l- looking forward to your calls now let's talk about John John I Uh, Up front, my name is Berthold Gerald Zipperer, and your full name is John Harrison Nichols. Um, You're a journalist, an author, and an all-around good guy, the national affairs correspondent for The Nation magazine, associate editor for the Capital Times here in Madison, contributor to In These Times, Progressive magazine. You've written at least 14 books, done a lot of media reform work, and on and on and on. So let's start with your middle name, John Harrison Nichols. Where's Harrison come from?
1: It's a Republican middle name. Yes, it uh, is. indeed. My uh, my ancestors came out of Cornwall and settled uh, in Wisconsin and northern Michigan. Wherever you find Cornish communities, you'll find Nichols's. and uh, they were very passionate supporters of the struggle to to write the course of the American experiment, and that was to end slavery and and end human bondage in this country. So they were big supporters of the Civil War. Uh, not that they liked wars at all, but. They, they saw the purpose of that and they became very passionate Republicans. And so when my grandfather was born in Ishpeming, Michigan, okay. uh, in 1888, mm-hmm. uh, his parents named him after the two people on the Republican ticket that year. And so my grandfather was Morton Harrison Nichols. And Morton was the vice presidential candidate because he was even a little more progressive. Harrison was the presidential candidate. Very good guy. One of the last people in the nineteenth century to try and do a civil rights bill, and that name has lasted in our family through my dad down to me. Um, and it's uh, you know, it. I, I think I was probably doomed from birth to cover politics.
0: That is great. That is so <laughs> great. Um, and let's talk about politics. Um, you have a recent article in the Cap Times last week, I believe. Lies and hatred are all Ron Johnson has left. Um, That's clearly one of the big electoral races coming up this fall. Um, Mandela Barnes, the Democratic uh, challenger to the current incumbent, Ron Johnson. And lies and hatred are all the incumbent has left. Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah. Look, Ron Johnson is the most controversial United States senator from Wisconsin since Joe McCarthy. Mm -hmm. And... um, We Wisconsinites uh, have had to do a lot of apologizing for Joe McCarthy over the years. I mean, anytime I've ever spoken to a group of people in Wisconsin or out of the state about, you know, this place that I love and I know you do, where we have deep roots, um, you know, somebody always raises their hand and says, well, what about Joe McCarthy? Because McCarthy was uh, a liar, a drunk, uh, uh, incredibly destructive figure who used his political position to harm other people uh, who... Only wanted to, you know, make the world a more peaceful and and, and more just place. People exactly. could disagree with where they were coming from. You may mm-hmm. not have agreed with their political party or their politics, but the fact, the core reality was he was going after people uh, for their political beliefs, and um, and so you thought that was about as bad as it could get. McCarthyism, right, the, mm-hmm. the worst of it all. Um, and now we have Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson, a millionaire who ran for the United States Senate, bought a seat in the Senate with family money, uh, and has since going to Washington doubled his wealth. Doubled his that, wealth. That's not public service, by the way. Right. You know, when, you, when you're when you there and when you get into a political position, I don't know, Bert, you were on the city council for a while. Did you double your wealth while serving on the city council?
0: No, one time we, we did the math, and it, working at McDonald's was would have been a little bit more lucrative, yeah.
1: If you had not done it, you would have been better off.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, and, but that's not how Ron Johnson operates. This is a guy who's who's gotten incredibly richer, and his political allies have. He's passed bills and, and done uh, legislative initiatives that have made the people who support him incredibly wealthier. And so you see where it's coming from with him. And uh, when he was a very unobtrusive kind of backbencher senator for a long time, nobody knew who he was or paid attention to him. He just did what mitch mcconnell told him to do then donald trump came along and uh you know suddenly ron johnson decided well i'm going to be a mini trump and he denied the severity of the coronavirus pandemic something you and i are both familiar with oh man uh, he has ca- skepticism among on vaccines which has been an incredibly dangerous even deadly uh, mm-hmm. approach because there's people who didn't get vaccines that should have who have died uh, He's called Social Security a Ponzi scheme, mm-hmm. i.e., you know, he's not not a big fan of Social Security. And and, um, you know, he tried to uh, play a pivotal role in Donald Trump's attempt to overturn the 2020 election by uh, talking about delivering a list of fake electors to Mike Pence. Thankfully, if you can imagine this, Mike Pence was the voice of reason in that relationship and told and signaled to ron johnson you know stay away don't don't come near me um and so ron johnson's run for re-election this year uh on that record (laughs) and that is not a record that any reasonable wisconsinite would vote for i don't
0: think but when you look at those commercials that are flooding flooding the media at every level you've compared them to the willie horton um racist attack ads as well as michael gableman's campaign against lewis butler talk about those hateful campaign commercials
1: You focused in on exactly the right place. Uh, Ron Johnson and his supporters, uh, his campaign and the Republican campaigns on his behalf, uh, have very little to offer as regards Ron Johnson. Right, this is a guy who's scandal-plagued, controversial, a rich guy who went to the Senate to get richer. Uh, hardly an argument you would make for re-election. And so what they've decided to do is to try and tear down his opponent, right, to make you. Uh, say, oh, yeah, I don't really like Ron Johnson much, but but his opponent, boy, this guy's even worse, right? Now, the fact of the matter is Mandela Barnes isn't worse. Uh, he's he's green. Or- yeah, he's a community organizer out of out of Milwaukee who uh, served in the legislature very honorably and then got himself elected lieutenant governor of Wisconsin in a tough race where he beat somebody in the primary who spent more money than him uh, and then became a very critical part of the Democratic ticket in 2018. Went on to be a, a very honorable lieutenant governor, and now is the Democratic nominee for the U.S. Senate. That's that's Mandela Barnes's baseline story. He is not dangerous, as the Republicans say. He is not threatening, as they try to suggest. Um, and, but they're clearly trying to portray him as a you know someone who's who's an incredibly troublesome candidate. And the way they're doing it is indeed in the tradition of the Willie Horton ads. If people are too young to remember them in 1988, when Michael Dukakis was running against uh, George HW Bush for the presidency, Michael Dukakis had supported some criminal justice reforms up in Massachusetts. Uh, As with all criminal justice issues, some things you're gonna occasionally have some things that don't go well. There was a case that was problematic involving a guy named Willie Horton, who was black. And um, the ads by a group that was supporting Bush, um, you know, Just smash that into people's faces, right? It was a it was a very you know racially inspired uh, ad, right? It was it attempted to to drive racial division. Despicable. There's no doubt of that. Mm-hmm. And then um, twenty years later, in Wisconsin, we saw when Lewis Butler was appointed to the state supreme court, serving very honorably at the state supreme court. Michael Gabelman comes along and runs against him, and runs very similar kind of ads, very very uh, racially charged ads seeking to inspire division and um making the the point of course that lewis butler was black and um and this is i would argue this same thing that they're doing to mandela barnes trying to tie him to all sorts of things that he didn't do that he doesn't doesn't said um, and it is a, a campaign that has been called out uh not by not just by myself but by all sorts of longtime observers of politics in wisconsin saying that this is a this is a overt effort to stir racial divisions to attack a a young black candidate for for the united states senate rather than to engage with the issues it's ugly it's troublesome uh and it is something i'm glad we're talking about because it it should be addressed directly for the reality that it is.
0: And the issues and the decision on those issues in this election are so profound and so pivotal to the future of this republic. Um, the fact that it's it's in the gutter um, really covers all that up.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's important to recognize it's not in the gutter because of Mandela Barnes. Right, thank Barnes you. Is, Barnes is still trying to run a campaign, yep. very much focused on a, on a host of economic issues. He even gets criticized sometimes by people who like him uh who will say well you know you should be on the attack more and and i understand that but you know he is focused very very clearly on the fact that he comes from a working-class family Mm -hmm. that he would like to go to the united states senate to fight for working-class families particularly to address deindustrialization the loss of factory and manufacturing jobs in wisconsin he's made that central to his campaign and and also spending a lot of time out in rural wisconsin and talking about farm issues and small town issues and um and so you've really got a situation here where one candidate and one group of supporters of that candidate has, has made the, the politics of this year incredibly ugly, and yes. it seeks to be making them uglier. And we're still more than a month out from the election. And I think what we have to be conscious of, Bert, is that, um, that their goal, the goal of those who, who are doing these attack ads is not to drive up turnout, not to make right. people more enthusiasm, right. enthusiastic. This is to make people sick and tired of politics, right? Exactly. To drive people away from it. And Republicans and Democrats and independents should all be upset by this. Mm-hmm. This isn't the kind of politics that, that has anything to do with what's the best of Wisconsin's tradition.
0: Absolutely. And and that's that's really the key to negative campaigning is you drive yeah. down turnout so your people win.
1: Yeah, well, you get it down so low that you can you can squeak by, and and so that's this is uh, I, I think it's very important for people to analyze these races in a deeper way, and again to recognize Wisconsin has some very honorable Republican traditions, right? This is not Democrat versus Republican here, although the Republican Party has become more and more extreme. Um, this is not an ideological fight, right? This is the politics of personal destruction. This exactly. is an effort to you know, attack someone in dishonest and disreputable ways uh, with the goal of, you know, making people so disgusted that that uh, a bad player can prevail. You, and we've right. seen it before nationally. We've seen it sometimes in Wisconsin, but it is something we should be conscious of.
0: Destroy public institutions so the wealthy, yeah. the wealthy, yeah. our oligarchy, who we call billionaires, can therefore Just profit. wrote about them today. Oh, good. Yeah. That is great. Hey, um, let's take a break here just for a moment because it's a pledge drive show. Yep. We are urging you to call into 608-256-2001, extension 1, and join and we we're hoping for at least 12 donors. If you're an evergreen donor, if you want to bump it up a little bit, um yep one-time donors as well as monthly contributors, and join the three people who've already donated.
1: We're a quarter of the way there. We're a quarter that's of the way there. It's great.
0: it's great. It's great. Like,
1: by the way, I mean, 12 is the baseline.
0: That the That's the minimum.
1: That's right. It's 12 you got to get because if, if 12 people don't call, um, you know, Bert is going to have to paint the building. <laughs> itself, right? I mean, there's going to be some sort of thing, some sort of shortfall that, that Bert's going to have to fill. and And so you got to get those 12 just so Bert can get, get home and, and go do do other things. Um, but we would like a lot more. And, and we've got and Amy. Again, such a great station. Yes. And talk
0: story. talk about community radio. Talk.
1: Well, our, you know, Bob and had have written a pile of books about these things. Yes, you have. And, and I can tell you, as somebody who's covered media and dealt with media issues for a long time, I would argue, there's a lot of people that get upset about politicians in this country and say, oh, these politicians or this party is to blame. I would argue that the root of a lot of the problems in america is a media system that has collapsed yes and we have seen uh so many reporters laid off we've seen so much of journalism disappear and now we have um streamed right-wing talk radio right-wing talk tv with fox uh but even you know on 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 all sides we just have a dumbed down media that doesn't give us the depth and the the insight that we need and isn't connected to the places where we live W O R T Is the opposite of that exactly wrt is rooted in madison run by volunteers and a very small staff and the the heart and soul of wrt is to have deeper more profound discussions to look at issues that don't get discussed to bring in uh national figures and and you know i travel around the country all the time and and even somewhat around the world and i tell you people know wrt they know I, i i know chomsky knows W O R T. Yes. He knows it's a station he's been on amy goodman knows wort mm-hmm. uh you know russ feingold and and you know i mean bernie sanders you run down the list they've all been on this station and the reason for it is because this station provides a platform where people who express what i think is the truth mm-hmm. but is often a truth that is not given a lot of space uh, they're given a chance to really to talk and to go go deep. And so if people are of any doubt about the value of WRT, they should understand this. WRT is as respected or more respected outside Madison than inside Madison and uh, and you know often you know the prophet without honor in his hometown but uh, but the reason WRT is so respected and the reason it succeeds is because people in Madison, call into these pledge drives and give the support that this station needs. If it wasn't for the people who are listening in right now, and some people may be listening far outside out. I know the reach is long all the way to Dodgeville and Watertown and and,
0: online. um,
1: And there's many people online and I don't doubt there's people around the country, around the world listening in right now, but at the heart of it, at the heart of it are, are the folks who many, you and I both know um, who will call in. And this is the time to call in to make that pledge, whatever it is, I cannot emphasize to you that you will put a smile on Noam Chomsky's face if you call in and and, uh, and make a pledge right now and Bert will tell you the number.
0: 608-256-2001, extension 1. Or if you're online or if you want to go online, it's at wortfm.org. Currently... We've got three people who've donated. We want to thank David Panofsky. Um, David Panofsky? Yes. I know that guy. Yeah, he's your neighbor over there. He and is. he loves Mellon Floyd. He loves A Public Affair with host Bert Zipper. <laughs> well, thank you. I just saw that <laughs> for the first time just now. And he loves Letters in Politics. Those are great choices. Um, gave a very generous pledge. And he says, Thank you to everyone at WRT, to the volunteers and staff giving their time and The Station. David, thank you so much. Uh, Harry Harry Richardson, coming through. Oh my God, a um, good soul. He, you know, he is amazing. And he loves a public affair, the evening news and labor radio. He loves a public affair, especially today and tomorrow. Um, he does not want a thank you gift, and he gave a very generous donation. And Janet, who called with a very generous donation, getting the purple uh, hoodie. Thank you so much Janet. Uh, and your public aff- your shows are public aff- favorite shows rather are public affair her turn and guilty pleasures. So you can join Janet and David and Harry and you call made this
1: very popular showbird.
0: Yeah, well 6 yeah, I think it's you. But 608-256-2001 extension 1. Call now or go to wortfm.org. don't
1: somebody missed it cuz you said it so fast. Say that number one more time.
0: Thank you. 608-256-2001 extension 1 or W-O-R-T-F-M dot And John, we have a caller on the line for you. So this is the beauty of this, of this hour-long conversation is you get to join it. So Chuck, send in Leo. Yes, hello. Hi, Leo.
2: Hey, how are you? I'm just fine, thank you. I've got two questions for John. The first one he's already answered, and I was going to ask about whether the diminution of newspapers in Wisconsin has contributed to um, the lack of civic involvement um, yes. in in Wisconsin politics and the shift towards the right wing. The other question I have is related to that in in the sense of um, a failure of our public education to to stress civic involvement. Mm-hmm. or history mm-hmm. or social studies mm-hmm. and the uh, mm-hmm. the legislature trying to uh, restrict what teachers can teach in terms of the history of of the united states whether or not that is also contributing to the right shift in wisconsin and possibly national politics and it's not okay. just um regarding the racial issues but also the i think the lack of um liberal arts education for our teachers at the university mm-hmm. um is also a significant factor what does john think about these things
0: real thanks for that question john
2: Fabulous question and
1: a question that would be greatly honored by bert a long-time educator himself uh and uh and also somebody who's who's had contributed to the media so let's let's take that apart and answer both parts of it and um And also, you know, anybody wants to call in, keep calling in to contribute. Um, So uh, on the the diminution of media, that's a really critical thing, because uh, Bert and I are both hardwired, deep-rooted Wisconsinites, been here a very, very long time. And both of us grew up at a time when the weekly newspaper in a rural county uh, was more substantive now than the daily newspaper in a big city, right? That's the change that has occurred. This state used to have literally hundreds of small town weekly papers, small dailies that that really often locally owned and took issues very seriously. Some of them were conservative. Some of them leaned Republican. Some were liberal. Some leaned Democratic. A lot were old school progressive. Um, But but in this dialectic, right, all of this communication, you got a lot of depth of political coverage. And a lot of depth of coverage of the local school board, the local city council, the local village board, the town board, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. People were connected via the newspapers and sometimes small town local radio um, to their place. And that got them out of the sort of nasty national discourse, right, where, you know, it's like talking points thought up by pollsters and focus groups to try and make somebody angry, you know, like Fox News alert and all this stuff like that. No, the local news that we used to have, uh, it, it, it talked about all the issues. It touched on all the issues, but it did so in this humane way where people knew each other and they saw each other and you knew somebody was the Democrat, somebody was the liberal, somebody was a conservative, somebody's a Republican, but it was all a discourse. We've broken that apart. We've disconnected people in a whole lot of ways. And it is deeply rooted in the collapse of, of local media, the collapse of strong local media. So that's one side of it. And then Leo also asked about education. And he's exactly right. Um, you know, right now, there is an assault on the teaching of history in this country, right? And we have Republican friends and conservative friends uh, run around saying, oh, we can't teach, you know, anything related to critical race theory. Now, first and foremost, critical race theory is not a bad thing. It's it's actually, it's an argument that we should study the history of this country to understand current institutions and why they work the way they do That's exactly why anyone has ever studied history. The whole point of studying history, right, is to figure out how we got where we're at and what we should do about it, right? How we can deal with it. Critical race theory obviously suggests that, you know, a history of slavery, segregation, uh, Jim Crow, lynching, uh, you know, the deep, deep gaps in wealth uh, between different races, all these things should be taken in and understood as ways to explain our current circumstances. Um now our republican friends are saying oh you, sh- you can't teach that but what they're really assaulting is the teaching honest teaching of history and the other day Ron DeSantis uh, the governor of Florida who's a big adv- a big critic of critical race theory and teaching history and that said well you know it, it, until the american revolution uh nobody really had formulated a, an objection to slavery um it's actually the same and, and it's sort of like I mean, apparently he didn't see the movie Spartacus, uh, you know. And but the fact of the matter is that that there was there's deep, long history that goes back well before the American Revolution of people objecting to slavery, including slaves themselves, people who were enslaved. And um, uh, this history is a, something that we should understand. We should recognize oh, it. Absolutely. It helps us to get to a better place today. And and yet. This assault is going on, and I would argue that that relates to, you know, this sort of diminution of our understanding of our civic life, right? Because if we're taught the deep history of this country, it, in the best of ways, mm-hmm. what we learn is that it has been a long struggle for civil rights, for women's rights, for LGBTQ rights, for voting rights for 18 to 21-year-olds. You just keep going down that list. Many of those struggles won, and when people understand that in context, they say, okay, let's look at the problems we have today today. Let's try to solve some of them the way that that people did in the past. That's what a a good teaching of history and a good teaching of civics does. As we get away from that and as it's under assault, I think, as Leo suggests, we end up in a situation where um, a lot of people get deeply turned off to politics. A lot of people give up on it. And um, at precisely the time we need them. Uh, And so uh, it's just as negative ads on TV try to drive people away from voting. Uh, a diminution of civic education and of, of true history teaching uh, moves people away from the political process. And so we've got a lot of assault going on. And and one of the reasons why I was so thrilled to come on with you today uh, and to pitch Wart is to say that there are counter narratives. There are narratives that say that this assault cannot be accepted that we right. have to have a deeper, smarter conversation. Right. And when people call the pledge, they are supporting that deeper, smarter conversation. It's, it really is. I mean, it's, it maybe in the past WRT was a pleasure, right? Now it is a necessity. And and, and the fact
0: that we're, we're having a conversation for almost an entire hour with you, John, where else does that happen?
1: So usually on, on uh, on Sherman Avenue. Which, <laughs> <you> brought, uh, <laughs> yes. yes, it is. Uh, has. No, the truth of the matter is, human beings, people do have long conversations. The genius of radio is that it allows us to have those conversations in a setting where we we frame our we frame our uh, discourse uh, with the purpose of yes. you know trying to take it someplace, not right. just to you know run into each other and chat, which is great, but to try and have some sort of frame, some sort of consciousness of what we're doing. And again, uh, WRT does a better job of that than just about any station in this country. It is such an essential, you know, kind of part of a network of community stations around this country, more necessary than ever. And I know, Bert, that at that at this exact point, you are going to give that phone number as <laughs> well as any other information.
0: Oh, you're just lobbing them in I, if I can't hit this. There you go. Yeah. So s- this is a pledge drive show, and we're urging you to call 608 608- 256-2001 extension 1 and make a pledge of any sort um, out there right now is Amy and Adrian and others uh, Chuck the engineer is making this whole magic thing happen and Liliana's is feeding us. So call 608- two five six two thousand one extension one and join Steve who just uh he's he's our most recent pledger thank you Steve and yes. it says here I'm supposed to thank you for your selfish pledge um I don't know what that means but I'm sure there's well, a story a, I
1: think it, I think it's a selfish pledge he's saying it's to his own Steve's own good
0: well, and he's going to the family feud event at Goodman Center yeah, I mean, uh, as just, a pledge.
1: Look, I think pledging to WRT, I think she's right on target. Pledging WRT is indeed a selfish act. You know, we do it, you know, everybody says, oh, it's honorable and noble to help out. No, I mean, you like this station. You want, it's a pleasure to listen to. The music is great. The conversations are great. You carry letters and politics with my, you know, dear friend Mitch Jeserich. You carry yeah. a- a- Amy Goodman and Democracy Now. These are shows that I luckily now and again get to do. And, and I'm, I, you know, I mean, what a what a treasure! W R T.
0: We got twenty four minutes left in this hour, so you can call 608-256-2001 and either talk to John, or go to extension one and pledge. And Leo um, had a follow up. Oh, is he gone? He's, I
1: think we lost. Oh, him. Leo, I think we, I'm, answered I'm, it. we did such a good job of answering his brilliant questions that were. I'm really we're sorry. Back to, we're back to one another.
0: I'm I'm really sorry, Leo. Um, uh, we, I hope we followed up well. Um, so John. The 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 whole media setting mm-hmm. is, is really so central. And community radio here, of course, is in the center of that. I've done some uh, family history and some history back up in Manitowoc County, right, where I grew up. And those weekly newspapers, oh, my gosh, the stuff that's in there. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, so I, I started working on a weekly newspaper when I was 11 years old in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Really? I rode my bike up the main street and uh went to the union grove sun office uh which was an old cinder block building and i you know walked in and there was carl krueger who was the uh editor publisher reporter photographer ad salesman printer linotype operator
0: All of name
1: so marie boldman helped him on the linotype and um and I walked in as 11-year-old. I said, I've read the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. You know, I know about Watergate, some of this stuff. I'm reporting for duty. <laughs> and um, I know that this free press is the underpinning of everything that works in our, in our society. And it was a measure of how small a town it was and how small a paper it was that um, I he did indeed put me to work. Um, and Carl had me out uh, that first day. On my bike, I went to the school board meeting and covered my own school board as a student, right? And wrote a story. I think I got $5 a story and a dollar for every picture that turned out. And I only tell that story because um, the truth of the matter is that when we talk about community radio, Mm -hmm. we are also talking about, you know, we can talk about community newspapers and community media. Historically, the best of our media has been very connected to the places where we live. Exactly. And it's been something where people felt they could engage with it and interact mm-hmm. with it. And I have to tell you, the political coverage that was in the Union Grove Sun and the Westing Report, the other paper in town, uh, it was easily as detailed as the political coverage we often get now in our daily newspaper, our big daily newspapers. We've dumbed down our mm-hmm. our coverage of politics has become dumbed down. The one place where it isn't Dumbed down. And hopefully I like to think the nation, the Cap Times do a pretty good job. Exactly. But I will tell you that um one place where it is not dumbed down is on WRT. Conversations are deep, they're smart, they go places that I ideally make you think. Um, and you know, that's again one of the reasons why we, we beg and plead with people to call in and support because um, you know, I think you and I both, Bert, we want people mm-hmm. to keep thinking.
0: And and like your Young John Nichols, uh, come going to the weekly newspaper. People come in here and yes. and and volunteer and and learn and and sometimes go on to extraordinary careers in journalism. Uh But Absolutely. they started here. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. John, uh, I'll follow. Uh, let me see the, say the phone number. Uh, yes, for for exactly. the pledge drive, 608-256-2001, extension 1, or online at wortfm.org. Press the Donate Now button. And I want to thank Sheila. Sheila, you've given a very, very uh, generous donation, and you love Back to the Country, Mud Acres, and Musica Antiqua. Um mm. So Sheila, thank you so much. We're at about the halfway point of our uh, number of donors. So, little,
1: yeah, we're a little out. past the halfway point in the hour. So, exactly, some people got to get those those itchy fingers right there to
0: that dial. Right, right now would be a great time to make us smile, or else they won't feed me my lunch from Liliana's here. Oh, oh, and wow. here's a new one. Speaking of that, there we go. People oh, are coming through. Robin, you go. Oh, Robin, Robin's me. coming through, and Robin Lo- just wants to support the station. And she gave a very generous donation. We are at the halfway number of, of minimum donors. That we're our goal is. Robin, thank you mm-hmm. so much. Um, it's good to have you back in town. Um, so, John, let's talk. Yeah. You were talking about the the local newspapers, and in my old hometown, the major employer was bought by a parasitic vulture capitalist firm. <laughs> Within weeks, they shut the whole thing down. They had they the work. The- Major employer. Yeah, the Brilliant Iron Works. Okay. The uh, the workers were hired to empty it out. It's been torn down. Mm. There is a major daily newspaper in the largest city in in the state who had a story about what a great opportunity this is to to sort of spark a revitalization. Um, The classic thing, we're going to destroy your city and then tell you it was a good idea
1: i know it's it's you know ron johnson who we started out talking about mm-hmm. back when he was running for the senate back in 2010 against russ feingold who was a great senator um and ron johnson was running and and you know russ feingold had always been very very concerned about free trade mm-hmm. about these trade policies that that you know are very very good for investors on wall street but are not good for workers in the u.s or in the countries we trade with right but often lead to a race to the bottom where you shut factories here try they try to find some place to open up that's lower wages less environmental protection stuff like that and ron johnson said well that was creative destruction oh that's the term he used creative destruction i.e you destroy something and something good would come after it well you know i was down in janesville the other day and i Mm -hmm. have to tell you uh there's not a new auto plant where the gm plant was exactly and i was in kenosha not long ago and There's not a new auto plant where the old AMC Chrysler plant was. And uh, I've gone around this state a lot and I've seen a lot of those shuttered factories in places like Racine and other other towns.
0: And in Madison, even parts of Madison.
1: And so what we see is that we've experienced this deindustrialization. And not everybody's gonna work a factory job. I understand that. And and I think that's great. But historically, a lot of people did. And these at their best, these were family-supporting union jobs that, that really did underpin an economy that was good for communities, for the state, for the nation, for the world. And you know, they just had a new report come out on Tuesday from the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office. Mm-hmm. It's about as cautious and official a source as you get, so pretty straightforward. What did it say? Well, it said the top 1% of Americans in the last 30 years have gone from controlling roughly 27, 28% of the wealth in this country to controlling 34 or 35%, right? That's a massive, in in a 30-year great increase, whereas the bottom, that's top 1%, bottom 50%, half of us, the working class of this country, the amount of wealth they control has gone from 4% down to 2%. Now, I'll tell you, we talk about other countries around the world. We say, oh, well, that country, it's an oligarchy, right? bunch of rich people are just you know stripping it for parts they're mm-hmm. they're getting everything they can putting it in their pocket right. not giving it back well with all due respect in a country that saw the wealthiest 1% massively increase their wealth and exponentially do more of it during the pandemic and at the same time the the bottom half of our society massively larger number of people actually had their wealth their portion of the wealth they controlled reduced that's an oligarchy, brother.
0: Exactly. And and we're, we, we're not going to hear that enough. The commercial nope. media clearly is there to make money and to make sponsors happy to spend money. To and con- to shore
1: up that oligarchy. And to right. shore up that oligarchy. Yeah, it really is.
0: And here at Community Radio, yeah. we serve the community, and that's where education comes in. That's where this discussion comes in. Call 608-256-2001, extension 1, with your donation now, or W O R T fm.org the donate now button and this and this is for john nichols for alan ruff who does a great show here every thursday oh, alan, and, alan's
1: a treasure and we know alan's going through some things and and yeah. we are we're loving him and supporting him uh on every level because he's a good man and he'll be back yep uh but uh at this point if you love alan ruff
0: um give him give, yeah. give a call hey let, let's talk about a positive. Uh, Mm -hmm. inspirational story. U.S. Representative Ro Khanna of California. Talk about him.
1: He's a pretty cool guy. Um, He's a congressman from the Silicon Valley, uh, which is about as rich a part of America as you can get. Mm -hmm. But he comes from an immigrant family. Uh, His grandfather was one of uh, Mahatma Gandhi's closest aides. Really? In fact, his grandfather was jailed with Gandhi. Uh, Mm -hmm. Grandfather was a labor rights activist in India. And so Roe came up with a a lot of roots, a lot of remarkable tradition. He got elected to Congress from out in, again, the Silicon Valley. He's very sharp. He was in the Obama White House. But one of his concerns has always been that this concentration of wealth in America tends to be concentrating tech wealth out where the richest people live, in Silicon Valley, places Mm -hmm. like that. It's not being spread across the country. So he's launched a whole bunch of initiatives to try and spread that wealth out across the country. And one of the things that he's done is to go to towns that have experienced deindustrialization and say, we want the next jobs, the next generation of jobs to go to this place. Um, In August, he went to Janesville and he met with workers in Janesville who had worked for a long time plant down there. Was
0: it HuffCorn? HuffCorn?
1: Yeah, (coughs) exactly, HuffCorn. And so he went and met with these folks and they had all been laid off, right? Because the factory closed and they moved their production, they were gonna move their production to Mexico. Um, it had been bought by a private equity firm. Private equity firms, they don't know how to run anything. They don't know how to do anything. And they sure didn't know how to do this. They they bankrupted Huffcore. And the interesting thing is that now the the workers who had worked there, who had been promised extended health care and some other benefits, are running the risk of not getting that even. They've been lost their jobs. And there are many people in their 50s, early 60s, being threatened with loss of health care protections and other protections. And so Roe listened to these people and heard them. And then he went back to Washington. He's got a bill now um, to actually address what private equity firms do to make them take responsibility for what they buy. But he also did something else, which is a bigger deal, I think, in many ways. As an elected official, member of Congress, he said he will no longer take money from private equity firms that buy factories and then shut them down and try and sell them for parts. And I mean, that I I actually think he is laying a whole new kind of groundwork for how we might do politics, because we often have a lot of people say, oh, I don't take PAC money, right? Right. But this is going much deeper. This is saying specifically, I am not going to take money from individuals who are involved with private equity firms that screw communities over
0: how great and he's, he's his, his, cool and his act is the stop wall street looting act as i understand yeah. it
1: it's rather bluntly titled i think he's doing that with elizabeth warren and bernie sanders
0: that's great and he, um, he quotes f scott fitzgerald oh my gosh when was the yeah. last time someone did that They were,
1: well was the last time somebody in politics read um <laughs> you know, no i mean there's a lot who read in in fairness and uh, i i've known Rokana for quite a while he is a deep reader and a very thoughtful guy i was very lucky um that uh, my last book on the coronavirus pandemic, uh, when we launched it, we launched it at City Lights out in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And Roe interviewed me about the book.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: And it was quite an honor. And, um, and so I, I know that he is, he is a serious reader and a serious thinker. Uh, but I I'm, was most impressed, and I wrote about it recently, because he went to Janesville, he listened to people, and he responded. Those people needed someone to support them. And they didn't just need, you know, kind words. Mm-hmm. And Ro is trying to pass this bill. But even before that, he's saying, I'm just not going to take any more of this money from these kinds of people. And that's a big deal in politics. It does send a signal. And I mean, it brings us back to all the things we've been talking about, Bert, mm-hmm. right? Because we're talking about Brilliant and the deindustrialization of towns like Janesville, Kenosha and other places. And how do we have an impact on that? One mm-hmm. way is, of course, if people come to these towns and hear the stories and, maybe take that back to Washington or elsewhere. But another way is for media to do it, yes. right? And and I know I've been on, I, I can't tell you the number of times I've been on WRT talking about trade policy and economic policy. And and these are conversations that I don't get to have when I'm on MSNBC that often. Sometimes we can bring it up. When Ed Schultz was there, we did. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's much less common in national media, in what we refer to as major media. And so a station like WRT bats way above its, you know, station. It's, it's so much more important than I think people think because it's here that you actually do begin to challenge some of the economic uh, so-called certainties of our, of our time, which are actually the economic lies of our time. Right. And, uh, and so I value this station immensely. And that's again, why you and I in the midst of this very
0: good human conversation Mm -hmm. are shamelessly begging for money. So, Speaking of begging for money, here at <laughs> W O R T, it is pledge week. You've got ten minutes, and we hope a bunch of you call right now to 608-256-2001, extension one, or online at wortfm.org, and press the donate now button.
1: You know, I love you, <laughs> but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to make you repeat that because you stumbled a little bit on that. I number, did. So I did. Do it one more time. Thank you. I know because I think of you as perfection. And so I want to I well, see that.
0: You're one of the few. Okay, 608 256 2001 Extension One or WORTFM.org. We're looking for six donors in the last 10 minutes and we would love to have you call amy's out there along with adrian to answer your calls chuck the engineers in here to get your calls if you want to talk with john nichols and liliana has donated food to us and you are part and they of always Kennedy call Radio.
1: at the end right yeah they, they always do. call at the end Bert.
0: we've got I a bunch that, early this is a little unusual that's
1: really cool but i know that people tend to wait to the end to call um because they enjoy that sort of desperation moment yes. you know as as, as we plead you know ever more <laughs> ardently um and and but we're actually in a very good place right yes. here in this hour bunch of people have called they've been very generous but we really need some more calls and because... and i i really ask people to do it uh, certainly not for bert not for me but for this concept this idea mm-hmm. that you can have an independent not for profit media that is supported by the people who listen to it and there's no more, there's no sort of pure concept mm-hmm. of how you would communally develop a media system that responds to the people, right? That exactly. reflects where people are coming from. It's not perfect. I, You know, there are a lot of other systems that, that can work and other countries do different things. But in this country, this is about as good as it gets. Absolutely. And so if people will call now and make whatever contribution they can, I will promise you this. You will hear incredible radio over the next month, covering this election, covering, you know, the politics of our times, whatever comes of the election, you will hear incredible radio that will examine, you know, the deeply frustrating challenges that we have as a country with militarism, with, you know, economic injustice, racial injustice, social injustice, all these challenges. And you, you know, and it'll bum you out some days, but then you'll hear some inspiring stories other days. And then, you know, the next show on, will play you some music, that's as beautiful as anything you've ever heard, and and uh, you'll get culture and character. It is a whole package, and so people are given something very special. And all that we ask in return is that you call and and donate whatever you got. You know, if it's again, if it's a dollar, we love you for it. That's fantastic. Ten dollars, fabulous. A hundred dollars, well, you know, that's very cool. $200, Bert will come and mow your lawn that last time before it gets to winter. And so things could really get, you know, could start moving here.
0: <laughs> 608-256-2001, extension 1, or dot o r g, And, you know, it's funny, people, I, come, I grew up in a fairly Republican sort of uh, community. Same here. Uh, fairly conservative. And it's interesting. I mean, there were clearly some people in my life who were um, very important role models. But when people say, "How did you get involved?" it was moving to Madison and having W O R T and especially a really? public, especially a public affair. Listening mm-hmm. to Jeff Hansen back in the eighties, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. listening to the the morning show, listening to the public affairs, the discussions with amazing people. I and living in housing co ops. I mean, I was living it. Yep. And listening to it and the housing co-op had WORT on in the in the kitchen all the time and that go. was that was when WORT was broadcasting the city council meetings in the early 80s
1: well when they eventually when they might even hear you on the city council <laughs> uh,
0: little did they and realize you know, I'll
1: tell you something too you're speaking there of of the way that this station kind of weaves into the community uh my friend steve just uh moved b-side records down uh state street from a block or so he had his record store you know at a certain point the building got bought so he had to move to a new place and and Steve will tell you as so, as a business person here in town small business person mm-hmm. running a record store that you know he's got people who come in there who say i heard a i heard a song on on wrt they might not even know the title of the song right they can hum it and say and maybe oh yeah we can find it here and um and i mean you just have no idea how much of what is good about Madison, Dane County, this whole region is sustained by WRT. Exactly. In our exactly. politics and in our culture.
0: And we're being sustained by Jim, Jim Sanford. Thank you for that very generous donation. Your three favorite shows are Alan Ruff on a public affair. And I love the quote, the reason to pledge is he didn't want Bert to have to wash windows for WORT. And- <laughs> And he loves John Nichols. So oh. that, that that threat of mowing lawns and washing windows. Uh, well, it's, Jim, it's thank an you. ugly scene out there. <laughs> Jim, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. And you can join us in the last five minutes at 608-256-2001, extension 1. Now would be a great time to call. Um,
1: this would be, be kind of like the exact time to call. Yes. Because if you don't, um, you know, I mean... We've we've gotten some we've gotten some nice pledges here. It's been good. Yeah. We'll feel proud of ourselves slightly, <laughs> but um, you can't imagine how much happier we would be if another you know five or six people would call. Oh, well, we'd get really Get that, that mark. Yeah. And and again, this is I don't mind. Like people will call me up sometimes. I one of the Pacifica stations the other day said, "Can you come on?" And they were sort of apologetic. It's a pledge drive, right? You know, and they're like, "Oh, you may." You may not get to pontificate as, as much as you like, you know, because we'll be asking for money. And I'm always like, no, I love pledge drives Mm -hmm. because the fact of the matter is I want a politics in this country that is rooted in the grassroots, that's rooted in people, right. Right. That isn't, you know, coming from wall street or Washington or great big power that is out where human beings live. And, um, this is going to be an incredible test here of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Which party will end up controlling the house and the senate whether biden will be able to advance an agenda or be effectively a, a lame duck i mean the politics right now is incredibly intense it's incredibly important and it, it operates on this often on this very high level mm-hmm. it's kind of distant from us mm-hmm. but what i love about W O R T is it brings it down to where we live yes and obviously it explores the issues the issues of immigrant rights issues of racial justice issues of economic justice as they play out here in this state, in this region. And um, that coverage I think is one of the reasons why Madison is generally thought of as a very progressive town. Not a perfect town, a lot of flaws, a lot of challenges, Mm -hmm. but a town that errs on a progressive side. And I think part of it is that people know about a lot of issues. They know about a lot of things that are going on. One of the reasons that is the case is because of WRT. And it's one of the reasons that we you know, you know we, we say we're shamelessly begging for money. We are, um, but it's also that we're very proud. I, I think Bert and I are both very proud to ask for donations because uh, we believe that when you donate to this station, you help to make this place a better place.
0: And we just got a pledge from Olivia. Olivia, thank you so much um, making this place a better place. You love Community Spotlight, you love a public affair, and you would like John to answer the question, Talk about any bright spots in the coming election.
1: There are so many bright spots out there. I mean, I cannot begin to tell you. You Our media as a whole, and I write books about this, doesn't do a good job of covering our politics. One of the things that people don't know is that in the primary elections in a lot of very Democratic-leaning districts around the country, some of the most progressive people ever to run for Congress have won primaries. Mm -hmm. And you've got, um, you know, Greg Kassar coming out of Austin, Texas, is going to be, An incredible member of Congress, somebody rooted in the immigrant rights movement, social justice movements. Uh, He's incredible. Summer Lee, coming out of the Pittsburgh area, is going to come into that Congress. And she is every bit as progressive as folks in the squad. Um, These are both candidates that Bernie Sanders campaigned for. I mean, we have a whole rising generation of generally very young, very progressive, super prepared people who are coming to Congress. They're winning elections. Also, one other thing I'll give you quickly is there's all this talk about crime, right? And that, oh, people are, you know, getting very, and there are people, people are concerned about crime. I understand that. But boy, if you look around the country, what you're going to find is in places around this country, people are continuing to vote for district attorneys, sheriffs, and judges who support criminal justice reform. There are some setbacks. There always are. But in the city of Memphis, they just elected a whole slate of people that really want to move that place toward a more just uh, approach to criminal justice issues. And so the fact is that if we dig beneath the surface, what we find out is there's a lot of progress occurring all over this country right now. The trouble is, most of our media doesn't begin to dig beneath the surface. You listen to WRT, you just heard my answer to that question. Uh, but the fact is, you will hear a lot of shows that will go to that deeper spot. And you will hear yeah. these new people, people like Greg Kassar and people like Summer Lee, they'll be interviewed on this station. Yeah. I promise you, you'll hear them on. Better in politics or democracy now.
0: And John, we have to leave in a few seconds. I want to say thank you so much to John Nichols. John, for being here. And I want to have you back after the election to to see. But we can talk about
1: our... it, but, but but that thank you is very nice. Now beg for some more money.
0: Now, Scott Beneky, thank you so much. We have a new sponsor, and he does not want to thank you gift. Uh, that was very generous. You too can call 608-256-2001, extension one or go to WRTFM.org right now and say thank you to John Nichols and Community Radio. This is Bert Zipper signing off. John, thank you so much. Thanks to Chuck, Rochelle, and everybody else here.
1: Honored to be with you. And people keep calling. Uh, they, they still count the money into the I think into the news. So like, keep calling. It's still good
0: money. Thanks, John.